Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. Empowerment coach and mind architect Manpreet Bawa helps people recognize the power of intentional mindset and conscious choices. After 20 years of a very successful career in IT, he just didn't feel fulfilled, and so he started his journey of becoming unstuck of his own limits, beliefs, and identities, and developed tools to break the chains. The result? A complete career pivot to help others do the same. Hello, Manpreet, and welcome to Back to Basics. Hello, Leticia. Thank you so much for having me here. It's, it's an honor to be here, uh, you know, sharing this time with you. Well, I'm very excited that you reach out. And, uh, you know, from the moment I got familiarized with what you're doing and, and your story, I'm like, okay, I cannot wait for our interview to happen. So I learn about him and, and I know that you've, I think, walked the path that a lot of us walk, which is we are blessed and we have a good career and everything seems fine. And I know in everything you have online, you say you're a very proud husband and daddy of two. So you, you sound like all around complete, but then there was that thing about, okay, something's missing. And that's precisely what this show is about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, it, it's strange, uh, you know, how much of we, and when we see we as a human beings um, have put, you know, emphasizes on the external things and we get validated by that. And so we spend our half of our, you know, youth to get there. And when we get there, we realize, okay, this is not it. Like there is something missing and it happens to everybody. And that's why there are, you know, the term midlife crisis. <laughs> uh, yes, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, and and we're definitely going to explore these. But first of all, I know you're in England, which makes me very happy. I'm having so many guests now that are international, but I want to know oh, about nice. your background and your childhood. So why don't you share with us a bit of that? Uh, so I grew up in India uh, as a child. I was born in a small family. I mean, it was small relatively, like we have four siblings, <laughs> but, uh, you know, in the age when eight, nine kids were normal, we were four. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we grew up small and I moved to US when I was just 23 and I was pursuing IT career, information technology. I wanted to be some in computers. I wanted to change the world. Like uh, it was so crazy that when I used to go to the interviews, uh, my technical interviews, when I started my career, the first thing they asked would like, okay, tell us something about yourself, what are your objectives kind of thing. And my answer would be, I want to change the world. Like that would be my opening statement. <laughs> it was just, it was in a way naive. It was crazy. And, you know, all that would be good if I would actually show some depth in my knowledge, in my technology, but I would be like half prepared for the interview. I would not be able to answer the very uh, fundamental questions in the 
technical side of the things. Yet I had those big dreams. So I had big dreams, but I just didn't know the technology. So interesting. Um, long story short, I I used to fail those interviews, but I've been now in uh, twenty years in the IT career. I worked for uh, companies uh, in US, India, and I worked across the retailers helping sh- solutionize it. And you know, on the outside, it would appear that I was doing well, which, you know, in the scale of the normal things, like how we mayor, if you have a good job, you're making good income, you have family, you settle, you have a house, you're good, right? That's what we think good living is. But you could still feel so empty, right? You could feel empty. And that was my story that I felt empty. And um, thankfully, and I, I don't know if people might hate me for this, but thanks to COVID, for us giving us opportunity to connecting us back with ourselves where we realize that you know there is something that is not working because prior to covid there were so many distractions we were going to work so many things going on didn't have time to sit back and reflect and because of the covid and me getting time with myself and realizing that there is something not working there is so much friction like i don't like on daily basis i felt friction on doing whatever and it wasn't like I was in a toxic workplace or my boss was abusive or I didn't like what I was doing. I enjoyed what I was working on, but it could still leave you empty. And when I started to explore what that was, it came down to the same thing. My teenage years to my first job, which was I wanted to make a change. I wanted to make change the world. I wanted to make a difference. I realized with the IT job I have, which is a good job, I could not do that. It's my... Uh, limitations to make an impact were so tied up. So I had to make a change and I just started from there. Here we are. Almost a year later, you know, I'm having conversations with beautiful people like you, learning more and just trying to give back what I learned through my journey. That is just amazing, everything you've shared. And I think it will really resonate to a lot of people. And the aspect I like is in that you and I are very similar, is that for me too, I've been very blessed. I have a good career. I have, you know, everything it's in place. And yet there's something there, you know, and people sometimes confuse it. And I'm interested in your thoughts. I've had people tell me that maybe you're not happy. You know, that's a big statement. You're not happy. And say, no, 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 I'm happy, but I'm curious too. And I also want to explore. And there's something that feels that, you know, I don't know, that it's empty, as you said. But a lot of people, I think they get very afraid with admitting it because then by default, you're saying that you're not happy with the life you have. And I, I don't know, I think some people don't reconcile that. And the way you explain it is just, I totally relate to it. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is that, a lot of it has to do with our upbringing and it's not, you know, doing, saying one is right or other is wrong. It's just where we are. When we sit down, like, you know, for example, if I ask you a question, if you were, today you uh, won a hundred million dollar lottery, right? What would you do? You would want to, after, you know, you would spend, yes, you'll have some holidays, you'll do whatever you want to do. With the money. A little bit of- <laughs> yeah. But after that is done, you would think, how, what could I do with this money for somebody else? You would want to make a difference. Like, and that is like an innate nature of human beings. We are built for service. We are born with this deep, deep, you know, feeling or 
need to serve, to help, because that's how we feel uh, gratitude. That's how we feel grateful and coming back. We feel proud of ourselves. There are a lot of feelings come out of that. And that's how we also feel happy. Like if you help somebody, you can never be in a in a position where you're feeling you're down. So my mentor, it's a distant mentor. He always says that when you are feeling helpless, go help someone. Because what happens is it puts you in a position, immediately in position of service. And that allows when you help someone, you know you're more capable than that helpless state that you're stuck in. So I think a lot of it is people don't want to confront that feeling of where they really are because there is so much distraction, right? And and there is so many shiny things, right? Nothing makes it easy. You know, the media, the social, the TV, uh, everything is just against that basic needs we have, right? If we are trained, so a lot of it goes back to education, what how we are raised. We are trained to make money, careers, and all that. But we are not trained to uh, get down to what actually we need, which is happiness, peace, joy. That is the training we need, right? But we are being trained, okay, go get make money, and that will make you happy. The thing is, every time you put your need on something external, so you, your need of feeling good, happy, joy, peaceful is an inner need, right? But you're making it dependent on something external, which is, um, you know, your work, your relationship, money, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, somebody saying you, I love you, or somebody's giving you a promotion. And that doesn't last. Right? <laughs> so yeah, if you true. get to your core, it's easy to realize that, okay, I can be happy and I can get the other things too. That is that is a very good reflection, I think. And uh, I agree with you also on the COVID uh, statement that you made that I think a lot of people are are thinking more. And my my fear is that I can tell how things are starting to move faster again and how people like they were also focused on one thing and another start the distraction starts happening. And so but uh, you I think you you had a very good point that that we have a need to serve. I think that really it's powerful. And I just say, I always like to help people. And I think in in the bigger scheme of things, I always feel like I could do more because, you know, you, you can really, whatever you're helping, you could really probably help 10,000 times more, right? Yes. But one of my biggest frustrations that I'll share is that even at work or like, it comes innate for me. Like if someone asks me, you know, do, do you have a job? Or I always start thinking about who can I refer to and try to help. But I find that people then, they don't help others. This is my big, and I don't expect them to help me, but it's just, it's like, it would be so easy, you yeah. know, sometimes to help something because all you need is maybe an introduction or something and people don't do it. Why do you think that people a lot of people don't know they don't even realize the importance of helping or do you think that their own ego gets on the way i'm curious because i i love already your perspective on things <laughs> yeah uh it's a great question i i, th I think uh, there are so many things that can do that it could be again what you learn when you're growing up what examples you had in your life that shape us a lot of how we operate but also a lot of times we have all these uh you know, like if we think we are a mirror, we have a lot of times so much dust 
covered and so many delusions that we cannot see beyond ourselves. So we cannot see the person in the mirror because there is so much dust in there. And what I mean by that is that that dust could be fear, could be greed, could be, you know, afraid of somebody knowing who you are, could be afraid of somebody may abuse you if you open up and just being selfish, right? People can become selfish because they want all, right? And, and that, you know, takes away from them uh, or that robs them from such a beautiful feeling that you get when you help somebody. I was thinking about the other day, why are so many people homeless, right? We have, if we were to, there are so many programs running, right? Every government, every single country is running some program of sort to remove that poverty line or, uh, you know, help homeless. But why are there still homeless people? Greed, pure greed, right? If we all wanted to do it, it will go and menace, right? There's nothing, right? That Nothing stops. So the thing, I, I think I will boil it down to it is that sometimes when you're too focused on yourself, you cannot see or, see or hear the other person, right? All you see is you. And when that happens, you cannot serve, right? You have to be able to see those people just like you. And, you know, in more spiritual word, see them as like part of you. If you see them as who you are, uh, I'll give you a funny story. Sorry, it's going to take no, a long no, no. answer. But it's a funny story. I was listening to uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, one of his book. And one of the exercises he gives in the book is like, for the next 20 or four hours, now, everybody you see, try to see yourself in that person, right? Without any judgment, without any labels. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Like, and I was on a walk. It was like around 11 o'clock in the night. I was just taking a walk. And I, I must have walked another 100 feet. And I saw across me, there was across the road, there were two people standing outside a bar. Their back was there. Like I could not see their faces. So I kept walking and I thinking in my head already, okay, when they turn, I'm going to see in each of them myself and I'm going to see what it feels like. Sure enough, they turn and one of the person is smoking and I don't smoke. And I you know it's a value that was given to me by part of my religion, my upbringing, that smoking is a bad thing. The minute I saw that, I was like, oh, no way, I, this is me, right? Because that is not my value. It's not that I... It was a judgment account uh, against their looks and whatever. It's just the smoking aspect. Then I said, okay, no worries. Um, I just took a breath and I was like, okay, it's okay. It's okay. Don't judge. Don't judge. Just see yourself. And so, and I started walking again and and I see there is a man just turning like this towards me. So I'm going like this. He's just coming from here, turning to me. And as soon as he turns, guess what? Is smoking too. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I had to really, okay, swallow it. Okay, this is me. And it gets easier. So this time, the second time is a lot more easier. I was, I laughed and it was easier and I accepted it. And then I didn't have any problem. But the point being that it's harder to see yourself there. And then life will repeat the lessons un unless you learn that lesson yourself, right? So... And that was an amazing lesson for me just to, you know, experience just trying to see myself in somebody. And I think most people don't. Like, they, they are not there. They are in a state where they cannot see beyond them. And it's, you know, hard to 
bring them to that place. You can only just be an example of who you are by serving and hopefully something changes them. Absolutely. I think uh, that's a powerful exercise. I've, you know, I've, I've done similar things with, with the judgment and the labeling, especially the labeling, Label. right? That uh, there are circumstances that you, you can tell how the mind immediately wants to put that sticker. You meet someone and, you know, based on just 30 second interaction, you're already you know, making your own story about this person. This is a successful person. It's not. They're trying to get a job out of me. All these things that your brain is pushing on you. And uh, it's a powerful exercise, as you say, when you try to just, you know, take the labels out and recognize that at the most basic level, we all have something in common with that person. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about we all want to be loved, you know, we all want to be accepted and want to feel that belong because I don't think there's one person that would say, no, I don't want to be loved. Yeah. Everybody wants to be loved or everybody wants to be happy. And so when you boil down to those basic, basic needs or feelings, it's like, okay, yeah, this person wants exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, they might be acting in jealousy or in envy, but because at the root of the whole thing is they want the same thing you want. Yeah. Right. So, so tell me, Manfred, so from this IT, you were successful career. I'm always curious about that. The moment we, we, you founded your own company, correct? Yes. So that time, I'm sure there were a lot of people, maybe your wife, even yourself saying, are you crazy? How are you going to feed your family? How do you, I mean, I don't know if you had, you know, the financial backing or not, but most people don't make these pivotal changes because yes. they let that story get in their mind. And it's very valid point. It's like, how am I going to pay my bills? So I always interested and curious about asking about that whole trail process and, oh, yeah. and how it happened. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's a great question. So first thing, um, yes, all those things came up in my mind. Um, but this feeling, you know, it's amazing when you change your brain to something bigger than yourself. You can never go back. So all those fears that I was feeling that what will happen, what about income, what about my visa issues, so many things that came to my mind, especially young children, right? But I knew in myself that if I could come this far, I will go. Like, I'll make this happen. If nothing works, I can always come back to this IT because it was just so 20 years I worked. Like, I'm not going to forget, right? And people are not going to forget my skills either. So from that perspective, I was in there. And so I was... I got into the position where I was ready for anything. I said, it's okay. If I don't make money for a year, I'm okay. I'll survive. If I have to go back in India and do something, I will do that. But I wanna, I don't want to uh, live this life. And the reason that happened was I asked myself this question. And I've heard this question so many times, but sometimes when you're ready, the question makes sense to you. So I found myself asking this question that if I were to die tomorrow, what would people talk about me? What did I do? And I looked at my life as a flashback, whatever, good life, uh, 20 years of career, but that was it, like 20 years of my job and whoever I could do something with in those 20 years as part of my job, not out of my greatness or out of my helping, just my responsibility. I did it. That was it. You know, there are so many great people like Maya Angelou. She was a poet. She was a dancer. She was an activist. Oprah Winfrey and all those examples. And I thought those people are really born differently. They have greatness. 
But their greatness lies in that they are not limiting themselves to one thing. They can, you know, pivot and try and try and fail and do again. And and I told myself, at least for myself and for my children to have an example that we can live without fear and make changes, no matter how far ahead you are in life. I wanted to make that change. So it was easy because I understood what I was giving it up for, which was for myself and for my children and the impact I wanted to leave. And so I, I uh, did not quit job. I still have the job, but I was able to go back and say, okay, I want to focus. I'm doing these 10 different things for you guys. I don't want to do all 10. Can I just do these two? So I limited my work there and created, uh, you know, time. So I didn't put myself into financial pressure, but I was ready. If there was a need, if they didn't agree and it didn't work out for you, because it has to work for both company and myself. And luckily, I was in a position where I could create an arrangement that worked. And I think that is one thing I would suggest anybody. When people start listening to, you know, some of the people quit their jobs and become millionaires, those stories are far less than 2%, right? More, There are geniuses and there are good times that happen. But one of the important things is don't jump based on somebody else's life. See, take a look, take an inventory of where you are. Uh, before I went back to my company, I looked up what was my saving. I did a math about if I didn't have an income for a year, would I would be okay? Uh, how long I could be without income? You know, I did all those calculations before I took a step of even talking to the my company because it is important. And I didn't know that my company was gonna, you know, accept it because nobody does that, but. I, you know, it just happened. I, I, I was so ready that if it didn't work out to take a step outside that universe said, okay, no, you know, you're ready, just do it. And I, I am thankful for that. So I would say start where you are. Often try to do things without, you know, making it too complicated, investing too much money, time, thinking that you're going to do everything in just one go. Like, I started, when I saw, thought that I was going to do coaching, I didn't have a website. I still don't have a website. I just picked up my phone and I picked up five people and messaged, hey, I want to start a coaching meetup. Uh, I will share with what I've learned in the last 20 years. Are you interested? All five of them said yes. And that was history. Like we started from there. And I had to learn myself also, right? I, I have to build a skill of coaching also. Yes, I know IT, but coaching is a whole very different thing. So people don't realize that making a change takes time and you can take baby steps. There is no need to just jump off. Yes, if you're in a very toxic work culture, your boss is abusing you, you know, all those kind of things, by all means quit because that then you are just delaying, then you are not putting yourself first. But if you can make an arrangement where you don't have that financial pressure, at least to begin with, uh, it may help. And it's different for everybody. It's At the end of the day, you have to just listen to yourself. I can just give advice based on how it worked out for me, but everybody's scenario is different. Oh, that's well, but that's very useful advice. And, and I know that you're big on the being empowered and, and having empowered choice or making empowered choices. And yes. to me, it sounds like that empowerment comes somehow even if you work with someone as great as you as a coach, I think that's the extra, you know, like 
push. And then, but this is a process that has to come from within. I always yes. say it's like being on a diet. You cannot force people, you know, you can have your spouse or you say you have to do a diet. It's like, mm. unless that person commits to a regime and to dieting, it's not happening. And I think with personal development, with self-growth, it has to be something. We can plant the seed. This podcast can plant the seed, coaching and books, but it's something that it takes effort on the part of whomever's listening and it's feeling butterflies by mm. stuff we are discussing. This is your call to action, like do more of it. And and as my pretty saying, like do small steps because I think sometimes people feel overwhelmed with the change and how am I going to make a change? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, uh, you know, the seed is already in everybody. And that's why the people who are listening to this podcast are listening to this podcast because there is something in there. There are whispers, right? We always get these whispers about there's something not right. But the thing is, our distractions do not allow us to listen to those. So listen to your whispers. What whispers are you getting when you're just sitting with yourself? Um, and that will help you make the choices. The other thing uh, I was thinking um, that helped listen to Jay Shetty uh, talk about it. And he mentioned that most of the times when people are making a change, or the reason they are not making change is they think they are unqualified to do something, right? Whatever change. Whereas it's not that their qualification is their experience. They are inexperienced and ex experience can be bought. Like you, you can earn the experience by doing the work that is required. So instead of overwhelming and looking at somebody who's doing really well, look at somebody who's just maybe three, four steps ahead of you and learn from there, take from their experience, build your own experience and make yourself, make it easy on yourself. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I, if I started to look at Tony Robbins, which he's a great, you know, coach and all that. If I started to make that as my goal in the beginning, I would kill myself. Right. In <laughs> first few yeah. months, because people will not listen. Like I would, I wasn't going to be as good as Tony when I started to talk first time. Right. It's never going to happen. It's no. repetition, right? So uh, making easy on yourself by just taking the smaller steps, one step at a time. I say always that when you want to make a change, pick one thing so small that even you don't have resistance to it. Your mind, your body does not have resistance to it. Because when you do something small over time and you keep adding those small steps, those small steps allow you to build trust with yourself. And that self-trust gives you the self-confidence to go and then do bigger things. But it always starts small. I started, uh, can I share a funny story? Of when course, I started? always. So when I started this, when I realized that I had to make a change, I didn't know what that would look like. Obvious thing would be something to do with IT because that's all I knew. But I said, I'll take a time. Uh, I listened to all the podcasts and interviews and people make sure they said, oh, take a time, just listen to yourself. So I took two weeks off from my work and I said, okay, in this time, I'm just going to figure out. And it's funny because I am taking time off, but I'm saying, okay, universe, you need to give me answer in these two weeks. I'm already <laughs> putting a boundary also. Oh my God. doesn't work, right? Yes. But I didn't realize. So the so first day I said, I, I was going to put all the time and energy into myself. So I was going to get up early. I was going to go for a walk. I was going to eat healthy. I was going to meditate, eat book, go gym, you know, 
everything I could have think of that I was going to do so that it's just about me. I, I don't have, I'm not working and I'm going to just focus on myself. But guess what? Only lasted one hour because I've been somebody for 40 years. I have these habits that I do every day. My body and mind are saying, who are you kidding? You're not even taking a 15-minute walk and all of a sudden you're going to take walk, you're going to jog, you're going to meditate. So, And I tried like three, four days. Every day is the same story until I realized, okay, I have to start small. And it made a small promise. that It was so small that I could do it without thinking. Like there was no resistance. And uh, my small promise was that I was going to take a 15-minute walk Every day, no matter what time, I'm just going to do 15 minute walk every day. I started there. Uh, I would go for 15 and a few weeks later, it turned to 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And then it just became natural. I didn't even have to think. Did my body or my, did I have temptations not to do it? Absolutely. Every day, even today, like <laughs> nine months later, some days I was like, I should skip it. Like I have these whispers. But because I was able to do those uh, big commitment and keep my commitment to myself. See, most people think their commitment is to outside world, to the people, but the, the most important commitment it is the words you keep to yourself that you don't even tell to others. These are the choices you are making in your own company. You just stick to them. If you do that, then you're building trust with yourself because in order to do something, anything, any kind of change, you want to have trust with yourself because if you have trust with yourself, you don't need outside validation. That allows you to make a change. It always starts small. Really, really small things give a big impact. That is that is an amazing point. Uh, and I read it also somewhere. It's like exactly the point you're making. When you commit to yourself, no matter how small it is, and then you don't keep it up, what is the message that you're giving yourself? Yes. You are letting yourself down. You're betraying yourself. Yes. Uh, in a way, because you 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 know now deep down that I cannot trust myself. So if you cannot trust yourself, as as you have said, that is powerful. Like if you let yourself down, even in the smallest thing, then it's very difficult to navigate through life, because then you always deep down have that thing in the back of your mind when you don't even are trusting you. Yes. Yes. And it, that's why I say pick a very small thing, something, it doesn't matter what it is. Because what happens is if you pick something that you already know, you will have resistance. For example, if I thought I was going to go to gym every day that I have not done, I knew I would have resistance and I would fail myself. I was not, in that scenario, I would not have made success easy for me. Right. And that when that happens, what, what you do is if you pick something that is not, that you know, you will have resistance. Put yourself in a place where every time you miss, you're going to judge yourself. You're going to say, okay, it didn't work. Cannot do it. You're going to start labeling and uh, get yourself, even if you're not speaking those words, you are subconsciously telling you. And guess what? When you say it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, that is true. And, that, you know, and, and to your other point about being, you know, starting small, and I've shared this in the podcast before, but that's how when I made that commitment, I say, okay, this is realistic, because this is the other thing that, as you say, you have to be realistic of the commitment, say, I can, I can publish one episode a week. And I set it up in a way where, you know, I outsource my editing and I, you know, so I say this, I can keep it. 
you know, but if I had to edit my own podcast, it would not happen. So I found yeah. like a realistic, you know, way of getting it going. But, and I also share, sometimes I didn't have guests on the, on the, on the show. So I was doing my own episodes and then you are the perfect example. And if you might, I will share it, but like you, I've had other amazing guests where you reach out to me and uh, you're in the UK and I don't even know how you got <laughs> familiarized with my podcast, but this is the message I want to send the people because by now they already know what a special man you are. And I'm so happy you reach out to me. This is what's happening, guys. I get reached out by these amazing quality, inspirational people that somehow are finding their way to my podcast and to me. And today I feel my life is better because of this connection and this conversation and that, that we're just compounding the message. And that's where the magic happens. But it happens yeah. because of the hundreds episodes I've already recorded and because somehow yeah. the podcast found a way to you. It would not be the case if I be at five episodes, most likely, yeah. right? Uh, it yeah. might or might not, but the more work you put out, the more yeah. your message and the universe starts working for you. Correct, correct. And, and, and I think you always attract people the way you are, right? The reason we are having this beautiful conversation is exactly because of your energy, your energy interacting, my energy and my energy. Like we are at the same place or similar places in our life. So we are attracting the people. So when we start, you wouldn't have, like, if I were to start a podcast and thinking that I was going to have Tony Robbins in my show, that would be like killing myself, right? I wouldn't attract. But could I do it in three years, four years later? Could you have Tony Robbins six months down the road? Absolutely, right? Because it's just repetition. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm reminded of something I was writing yesterday. I've not talked about it. So... First time I was going to, I'm talking. And okay. Somebody, I have the premiere. <laughs> yeah. Somebody might have said it earlier, but it just dawned upon me. The repetition builds the repetition. So mm. whatever you're repeating your day, that is the kind of repetition you're building. So if you're, you know, podcast owner, you're creating repetitions of episodes, your reputation on those episodes is being done. If you're being lazy, comfortable, enjoying your life, that is the repetition. And there's no wrong or right. There's not about labeling, but just knowing that whatever you're going to repeat in a day, that is the repetition you have. That is the life you have. You cannot expect anything different because that is what you're repeating. Right. That is, that is a nice thought. Powerful. So Manpreet, as we get into the end of the interview, we always like to give uh, the guest a chance to share with us, you know, anything exciting that's going on that you want to share, anything that you're yeah. working on that it's making you tick. What do you want to share with the audience? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so I've, I've just last week discussed with, uh, so far I've been working with the uh, individuals in the groups, but now I've, uh, because uh, I'm launching a pilot program with a company where I'm helping people like me who were come from very strong technical backgrounds, but aspire to explore more to their skills. Um, you know, like I moved from technical to the sales, but I never sell. Like I felt I was just solving the problems, which is what technical people can do very well. So I'm running a pilot program uh, with a company. So I'm very excited. There's a podcast going to come up couple of weeks i'm i'm not i'm just trying keeping trying to keep, 
make the name and you know then start recording because these are the two key developments that i'm working on right now and um yeah i'm really this excited awesome. for that this is awesome well uh, you know this is very exciting you're definitely someone i'm gonna follow because I, i'm very impressed and uh you know in in order to close the interview properly I always ask about what makes you tick. Are you, are you the kind of guy that when you are feeling down or feeling a little bit lost and uh, like, are you the exercise guy? Are you more on the spiritual? What do you do that, that helps you reconnect with yourself? Yeah, I'm definitely not the guy who exercises. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, yeah, based on what he said, maybe he's not the one that hit in the gym. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I would say uh, walk. Sometimes, sometimes it's a walk, just getting away. Um, sometimes it's meditation, uh, music. There are different things, but I would pick up. I would basically anything that allows me to create a space between what it is and what I'm feeling about what it is, right? So I just want to create a space and um, allows me to get away. And uh, walk does it well. I listen. But sometimes... It's, it's just good to just sit with it, whatever it is. Like if I'm feeling sad, just sit and experience. Let it come out and run out of your body uh, without suppressing or being judgmental about it. So, Wow, that's, uh, I, I'll have to, to repeat that. Creating space between what it is and what I think it is. I think that's the nugget of wisdom that I'm going to take from this interview. And I want to thank you, Manpreet, for being here, for reaching out. And, and I wish you really the best of luck. Really, thank you for having me. I mean, I enjoyed it. Just me, just felt like I'm talking a friend that I have not talked in 20 years. Like we are just exchanging the energies. And I'm so really honored to be here. And share my experience and hopefully it helps somebody if that helps one person my job your job here is done well you help me so you consider yourself achieved <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much you've been listening to back to basics you can follow us on instagram and facebook if you haven't yet subscribe rate and review this podcast on apple podcast or any of your favorite streaming platforms This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you and until the next time.